Hey, I'm Daniel, and you're listening to Ready for the Metaverse, a podcast about the future of the internet, where we talk with experts from the tech industry about what's to come. The show is brought to you by Ready Player Me, a cross-game 3D avatar platform for the metaverse used by over 800 companies, including VRChat, Warner Bros., and Dior. To learn more about it, go to readyplayer.me. Today with me, I have Ryan Feldman, who is a senior Unity developer at Immersed, who are, as I mentioned, just uh, one of our partners. And Ryan is also an XR specialist. At Immersed, Ryan is responsible for R&D and developing new features for, uh, for the app. And before Immersed, uh, Ryan, I believe that you worked for a company called Light Guide Systems. Is that correct? Yep. So uh, Light Guide Systems was uh, my second job out of school, uh, startup okay. based out of Wixom, Michigan. They do projector-based augmented reality work instructions for basically anything. Pizza, uh, making pizzas, power powertrains, assembly instructions, um, all kinds of stuff. So that was really cool to hop into basically right out of school and um, be dropped into the practical applications of XR technology in in uh, a very serious use case so um yeah I, I mean making pizza and like showing instructions in AR that sounds like a very serious business yeah well the 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 making pizzas with uh projector-based work instructions was super was super cool um we did do it as as a uh, proof of concept and then um a very yeah large pizza company, uh, I can't say who, uh, decided that it might have some practical applications and, and bought a few systems. Um, but we also did uh, virtual, or not virtual, um, we also did projector-based work instructions for bartenders. So we had a setup that allowed a bartender to mix up to, I think it was 12 drinks at a time. So typically a bartender a really good bartender can memorize like four to six drinks and make them all simultaneously. And we wanted to double that. And, uh, we oh, wow. were, and we were able to, so really cool flashing lights and, um, Bluetooth, uh, flow meters to, to actually measure the pores and keep inventory. And, um, yeah, so light guide was a really cool, uh, place to start right out of school. And and before that, I was working at a company called Alchemy that made um, VR and AR games for teaching students chemistry. So another kind of serious use case when it comes to XR technology. And um, that's something that I'm just super passionate about is, is rather than making games, even though um, making games is a lot of fun and I'm an indie developer in my spare time, uh, mm -hmm. I really like being able to bring technology to people and see that impact. Um, and that's that's also kind of how I made it over to Immersed. And uh, what are you doing at Immersed right now uh, in your role as a senior Unity developer? At Immersed, we wear a lot of different hats. Uh, we are uh, about a 25-person company. So uh, even as a developer, um, I do a lot of research. I do a lot of uh, things like this where I'm evangelizing the technology and, and kind of teaching people about VR and the practical applications for it, specifically for work. Um, but beyond that, uh, j 
just making sure that Immerse is going to be the work productivity tool that everyone uses in the future. So there, there are a lot of other players in the space, but Immersed is very focused on kind of the solo use case, and that has a lot mm -hmm. of interesting research that goes along with it. Yeah, I agree. I think Immerse is one of the most interesting productivity tools when it comes to VR. Um, but before, before we talk a little bit more about the company itself, Ryan, I would like to learn more about your journey when it comes to VR, uh, because VR and XR development, I think it's still quite of a unique uh, thing to focus on when it comes to like developing any kind of software. So um, I just want to ask, like, what made you interested in developing VR and XR applications in the first place? And how long have you been doing it, actually? Like, even after hours? I mean, I remember being a little kid and playing hours and hours and hours of Spyro the Dragon. That was one of my favorite games growing up. The little purple oh my God, dragon. I, I love this game. So, so Spyro just has... Um, well, one, it's critically acclaimed for its amazing game design. And mm -hmm. even as a kid, I kind of recognized just how awesome this game was compared to other video games I had played. And I played so much of it that I remember vividly I had this dream where I was hanging out with Spyro in, this vir in, in the virtual world. And that was kind of the moment that I realized, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I could make my own virtual world and interact with beings in those worlds? And that's what kind of got me interested in game development in general. Mm -hmm. um, I guess fast forward a bunch of years, uh, after I graduated high school, I went to Michigan State University, which was one of the only colleges at the time that had a uh, solid game design and development program, as well as a computer science program. So I didn't want to just make video games. I also wanted to learn about programming and computers. And so uh, going to MSU allowed me to go through that game design specialization, which gave me access to some of the earliest uh, VR hardware available to kind of the public. Obviously, VR has been around for a while, if you, uh, a long time, if you go back through, through history, I think in the, in the 60s, 70s, and early 80s, people were talking and, and making VR prototype headsets and stuff like that. But it was um, this Nintendo headset with like the red display and everything too. Yeah, the uh, the virtual. I think it's like the Virtual Boy glove or or something. Um, uh, yeah, Virtual Boy was the headset itself, okay. and there was also the glove. But I think the glove had a different name. So yeah, that goes back to like uh, late nineties, basically. Mm hmm. And um, going going through that game design program, I got access to like an Oculus DK1 and DK2 and Google Cardboard back in like 2013 and 14. And then uh, fast forward another few years, um, I did a bunch of projects with the Oculus DK1 and DK2, as well as Google Cardboard. Um, but then I got my hands on a Microsoft HoloLens when it first came out. So 2016, 2017. And that was kind of what propelled me into the future 
where mm-hmm. I realized, oh, like these devices can, you know, you don't have to be shut out from the outside world. You can also interact with virtual objects in the real world. And um, that's when I decided, like, this is this is going to be the future. This is what I want to specialize in. And, um, you know, just kind of kind of never looked back. And so if if we're counting, you know, all the way back to 2013, that's uh, eight or nine years of of VR, XR development. Uh, so I know there are some people who have been in the industry longer uh, that have done stuff in virtual reality on even earlier devices. But as far as like consumer VR is concerned, I, I definitely got in, you know, right at the very beginning. So I'm, yeah, I feel like eight years is like a really big uh, time that you can like as much time as you can actually put into it in the in the modern version of VR and like what VR development really is right now. I think that also started around 2013 when uh, like the first Oculus's uh, Oculus headsets were going out to the market and like people were first experiencing it and like trade shows etc. They were um, so it, it was so bad though. Like the, it was horrible. Not, not, it was not pretty to, horrible. <laughs> not to bash. Well, well, Oculus is dead now, but that's a we don't need to do mm. that social commentary. Um, but but the DK one and DK two. I mean, it took. I remember spending two days in in the computer lab with my team trying to get this DK two to run on my, you know, brand new gaming laptop. But between drivers. And uh, the trackers you had to set up, which really weren't that great, um, it was it was a lot of work. That was before the days when the tracking was part of the headset, right, with the cameras built into the device. Yeah, and it was it was kind of before like the the lighthouse form factor that we're all used to with the with the Vive. Like even before mm-hmm. that, it was like this little pinhole IR camera. I'm pretty sure. don't quote me on that it might not be ir but it was this little pinhole camera that you would mount somewhere in view of the headset and the headset always had to be kind of facing this camera so the applications for vr were extremely limited however um i feel like that was that was maybe a good thing because it made us focus a lot more on the usability and working with the pieces that we had and um, there were actually quite a few really cool games that came out of uh, Michigan State's game design program, even with that limited hardware. Um, funny enough, after I graduated, that's when they decided to build their virtual reality lab. So oh. <laughs> uh, I didn't get a chance to really mess around in the state of the art type stuff, but it was still super exciting when our class got, I think it was uh, three or four uh oculus dk1s and twos um perhaps you got to visit again after that yeah i would love to um i'm connected i still i still talk to one of my professors uh robbie rattan and he uh he's actually an expert in avatars and was on um a podcast with uh timo oh that's great yeah (laughs) um yeah yeah for the context timo is the ceo of full 3d Right for our listeners, um, and he's he's a really big fan of of Ready Player Me 
as well, just because it's getting people, everyday people, talking about avatars. And um, that's what his uh, field of study specializes in. And um, yeah, Robbie's a great guy. But uh, I am so excited to be alive right now working on this because we are on the precipice of kind of what the future of media consumption looks like, where you're not just, you know, consuming that media, but you can, you can be a part of it. And I feel like that's really exciting. Like uh, the Dune campaign that you guys ran where, uh, you know, you can, you can almost see yourself in, in the movies universe uh, just by creating an avatar. And um, I'm just really excited for more and more, immersive experiences to pop up and to be able to share those with people. Yeah. And I think it's also pretty exciting that, uh, these kind of experiences that we are also trying to partner with, uh, such as immerse, such as uh, the Dune campaign that you just mentioned, that they're all interoperable and like VR is part of that, of course, but we are also trying to like expand beyond that. Like you mentioned before the HoloLens, for example, I think this is, uh, not that many people got to try it yet and like not that many people got to try like real AR uh, headsets and real real AR experiences. But for me, like similar to you, like once I got to try it for the first time, it was kind of groundbreaking. What kind of opportunities does it open? And yeah, like in the beginning of the episode, you mentioned the pizza making. And like if you can imagine all of the tips that you're getting, how to make the pizza. Like I, I can think that maybe I would even be able to make a pizza and I'm really horrible cook. Uh, so I think that like, it just opens so much potential for the future. Um, so yeah, I think that's pretty exciting. Absolutely. Um, one more plug about Light Guide. Um, while I was over there, they were obviously working on these projector-based augmented reality work instructions. But in addition to that, um, I was actually the lead developer of creating a uh, tool that plugged into their main projector-based software that allowed augmented reality headsets to stream work instructions. And that was was called SightGuide. So you have LightGuide, and now you have SightGuide. And what was really interesting was that these technologies weren't exclusive, where in certain applications, it would make sense to be using the projector-based work instructions and then switch to a headset when you had to be on the go. So for example, a operator would be building something at their workstation uh, that has the projector-based work instructions. And then when they had to take that part and put it onto maybe a larger assembly on the other side of the plant, they would put on their headset and then be able to take those work instructions with them. So very similarly, um, I see that happening in consumer technology where maybe you have your desktop setup, like your laptop or, you know, possibly your, you know, even your phone and then you put on a pair of smart glasses and that actually elevates the whole experience. Same way when, uh, you know, people get their first smartwatch and they already have a smartphone, uh, those two devices being able to work in uh, uh, synchronously together 
uh, with some kind of synergy where uh, you get something uh, more by using them together, um, I think that's really interesting. And with VR, it's kind of it's kind of different because you're you're shut off from the outside world currently. But in the future, I definitely see virtual reality headsets and mixed reality headsets kind of converging. And at that point, now we're talking about being able to jump in and out of immersive experiences very quickly in the same way that people just browse the internet today. So um, I'm, I'm excited for, to see how all of these different pieces of technology start to interact. I think this is a very interesting topic and uh, it actually makes me want to bridge to another thing, which is, uh, again, Immerse, where you're working right now, because Immerse actually has a feature like that. So you're able to stream your phones or like your tablets screen and then see it in VR. And of course, you're also able to have your laptop or like your PC or just a Linux computer and then display up to five virtual screens. So I think like, with Immerse, that's also kind of what we are trying to build, right? Have yeah. uh, this connection between devices that are already in your life that you're already, re- already using and just put them into the virtual reality so you can take them to basically another level. Like uh, right now I'm sitting in front of two screens, but if I'm working in Immersed, I can take it up to five displays where on one screen I have, I know, uh, Final Cut open where I'm editing a video. On the side, I have Logic when I'm mixing audio for the video and so on. And this is very exciting what you're trying to build with Immersed as well. And I think that really plays with what you just said really well. Yeah, um... We're still so so definitely bringing your desktop into VR is essential. Um, there are so many people who are still kind of locked into a desktop experience. The same way that there are certain apps you would want to use on your phone versus maybe on your on your desktop. It also goes the other way, where there are certain apps you want to use on your desktop as opposed to your phone. But giving users the flexibility to kind of bring both in with both of them being such ubiquitous devices that are part of our everyday lives, um, it, it's, you know, pretty essential. We haven't, we haven't experimented much with like bringing your smartwatch into VR, but um, in Immerse, hmm. you actually do have kind of a quick wrist menu that, that pops up and we are experimenting with kind of the idea of forwarding notifications from your phone into into VR and and um, as well as when you bring your computer into VR, um, enhancing that experience. So not being locked down to you know one display if you're just using your laptop, being able to have up to those five displays, and then not only that, but being able to set them up in whatever configuration you want, whatever orientation or aspect ratio so if you want an ultra wide screen we can give you an ultra wide you know, we can give you an ultra wide screen if you want you know two portrait monitors and, and a nice central one you can do that as well and, and save different configurations into uh, kind of presets so that way as your workflow is changing you can jump between those different presets and um so it's it's not just about getting getting those uh, 
other pieces of technology into VR or into mixed reality, um, whatever device you're using. But like you said, elevating them, thinking, trying to think yeah. outside the box of, well, once I have my phone in VR, you know, what are all the things that I can do with that? And that's why research at Immersed is so exciting because we're doing things that a lot of people aren't aren't even really thinking about yet. But once uh, once it's there, that's when our users and and uh, our community kind of give us a lot of ideas. Where it's like, um, so we're on we're on Discord and we have a feature request channel where users can just kind of spit out whatever whatever they would like to see in the app. And before we introduced phone and VR, that was one of our top requested features where people were saying, I can bring my computer in, now I want to bring my phone in too. There are some things I do on my phone that I can't really do on my computer and vice versa. So um, it's amazing what everyday people can think of once you give them the tools in order to enable that sort of thinking. Um, with a lot of immersive technology, it's hard to connect the dots until um, they've been presented to you and, and someone kind of shows you what, what options you have. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think VR and like extended reality in general is great at breaking the barriers that we had up, uh, up until now. And when you use Immersed, I, I totally agree with you that that works in this way. Like the first time I set up five sc five screens, which for me is kind of a lot. Like I'm yeah, really it can, one. <laughs> you don't always yeah. need five screens, but um, you almost never need five screens. Yeah. I mean, in my <laughs> in my opinion, <laughs> no, that. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's great thing to uh, to just test out to see how it works. Like maybe you have a workflow that will work great for you uh, using five screens and. Yeah, I think like Immerse is really great at like showing off what's possible uh, with VR and like using it for uh, work context. So this actually brings me to my next question, which is like, what actually Immerse is right now and what you are trying to do with it? Uh, because you are also adding collaboration features to that. And um, that's why uh, you integrated Ready Player Me avatars recently. And how does it... Um, work together with like the multi-screen setup that we we're just chatting about yeah so i'll i'll just give you kind of the the basic pitch so immersed is a vr app that you can install on your uh consumer vr headset or or an enterprise headset um so we are currently on the oculus quest one and two as well as the uh, vive focus three we're partnered with uh, Meta, Microsoft, and HTC in order to uh, kind of have that consistent immersed experience across all those different apps. But I'll I'll get into or across all those different headsets. But I'll get into that in a second. So what the VR app allows you to do is stream your Mac, Linux, or Windows desktop, as well as your phone, into VR. And then you can have up to five virtual displays. So what that means is if I'm working off my laptop, um, I can have four additional displays all virtualized so I don't need HDMI cords or anything to uh, create those displays. We, we uh, have software that allows us to emulate displays at any resolution and uh, uh, aspect ratio. 
And then uh, you're able to create custom layouts and presets to create your ideal virtual workstation. We have a keyboard calibration feature that allows you to use a keyboard overlay. So that way you can see um, a, a virtual representation of your keyboard and uh, layout in VR. And uh, Immerse is very much focused on the solo productivity use case, meaning uh, there are a lot of other competitors in this space that are very focused on bringing people together and kind of virtual Zoom, if you will, where I can bring my existing screens into VR and maybe share them, possibly have some interaction. I think Horizon Workrooms is probably the closest thing uh, to Immerse, but it's still not what we're focused on, where, um, uh, yes, Immerse has social collaborative features, but being focused on the solo use case has its own set of challenges where we, you know, don't just want people to meet in VR. We want them to be able to have super productive or we want people to have productive superpowers in VR where you're getting more work done in your virtual workspace than you would be, you know, just working on your laptop or something like that. And um, there's a lot of human psychology factors behind our our reasoning of doing this. Um, uh, Cal Newport is actually an expert in deep work and uh, has taken a look at Immersed. Um, oh, and, I love his books. Yeah, and he has a lot of great resources when it comes to what gets people into deep states of work and why Deep work is actually more beneficial than, um, you know, what what people experience in the office more more often than not. So, um, the best analogy I have is uh, like when when a horse is is racing, it has blinders on, so that way it's just focusing on the track, and the jockey just has to worry about you know getting from point A to point B, running around the track. And immersed is very much your horse blinders. So think of your computer as your horse. Think of the VR headset as the blinders. And then, um, you know, you're the jockey. And so that allows you to be as immersed in your work as possible, uh, drowning out any distractions and also giving you um, additional productivity tools like virtual screens phone and VR, um, keyboard overlay, uh, and, and hopefully be more productive. And, uh, I know that pitch kind of went all over the place, but we have users in Immerse that are working 30 to 40 plus hours a week, um, oh, wow. in, in VR. And, um, it's really inspiring to see that even with the limitations that the technology has today, like battery life and weight, uh, weight of the devices and, and stuff like that, resolution sometimes, um, there are still people that are finding themselves being more productive in Immerse than VR. And you can actually, uh, anyone that's listening, hop on our Discord and go to our testimonials channel. And you'll see hundreds of users basically saying why they love Immerse and... Um, the different use cases they they have for it. Yeah, but so 
I think when it comes to hardware, that's going to catch up with you. And when it comes to like oh, the yeah. software part, yeah. And like there are even devices right now coming to the market that might be perfect for Immerse, such as uh, Vibe Flow. Um, of course, like the interaction with the device is slightly different than the headsets uh, that you are supporting uh, so far. Uh, but I think like once there's more devices on the market that are like this lightweight and very portable, the use case for applica applications such as yours will be even more important. And like it's even possible to have video calls uh, in Immerse. Like you can, uh, as you yeah. mentioned, like you can set up... Yeah, you, as you mentioned, you can set up a Ready Player Me avatar. Well, yeah, then, so um, yeah. It, it's definitely possible to have video calls in Immerse. We have a virtual webcam feature that allows you to stream your avatar in, in place of hmm. you know your normal webcam. And so if you have a Ready Player Me avatar, you can use that in Immerse and uh, you know stream yourself virtually. And it's really cool um, to be in kind of like a half and half virtual meeting. So at Immerse, we use the product uh, to meet up and collaborate as well as uh, um, many team members prefer to take meetings in the headset because uh, one, their avatar can show up so they can stay in their pajamas. And two... Um, Very practical. <laughs> rather, <laughs> rather than... Um, you know, just looking at your laptop screen, you can make the meeting. Uh, we use Discord, so you can make the Discord window the size of a movie theater screen, and then you're, you know, just kicking back and and looking at everyone's faces in a much more comfortable, uh, comfortable way. But sometimes we'll actually, if if uh, you know, not everyone has to participate, but we're all we're all just kind of listening in. Maybe Renji, uh, Renji's our CEO. Um, maybe he's giving kind of a, a fireside chat or something like that. Um, a lot of us will meet up in Immersed and just throw up one virtual webcam, and then you'll see all of us in the same conference room. And so it's really cool how, um, you know, we can take concepts from the real world, like a conference room and a webcam, and then translate that into VR and kind of give people... A similar experience. So, um, although we're really focused on the solo productivity use case because that's what is is kind of unique about Immersed, um, we also kind of have these collaborative features sprinkled on top. Uh, and the reasoning is that if you, as a as a solo user, can be super productive in VR, then of course, when you get multiple people together in VR, you're going to be able to be productive together. And so it's kind of a, if you build it, they will come mentality where uh, all these other competitors really want to get people meeting in VR as quickly as possible. But we kind of see the flip side of that, which is people need an incentive to be in VR other than... Um, other than just meeting, because personally, mm -hmm. I would, I, I'm not afraid to turn my webcam off and just use Zoom or or Discord on my phone if I'm just listening in or something. But um, uh, in order for the metaverse to really take off, we need a lot more incentives for people to be involved in it. Work is a really great portal into into that mentality where you can do things in 
the metaverse that you can't otherwise do in real life, like spawning five virtual screens whenever you want and having a virtual webcam you can move to any part of the room and and i mean i could i could go on and on uh objectively mm. i just i think immerse is really cool it's it's just a it's it's a fun app um it's free to use for anyone that is listening and and you know finds finds this interesting you can you can download the app and get a 7 day free trial and then once you're done with that trial. Um, we'll just bump you down to the free tier where you can have one additional virtual display, but you still get your virtual webcam and your avatar and all of these other really great features as well. So um, I think it's great. And the best part of it for me is that it works on every platform and it just works without like any hassle. Like you just have to set up the pairing code and Everything, everything just loads and works. And as you were saying, like with the other apps, uh, I mean, it's great to have to be able to meet with your colleagues and like have whiteboards and everything. But as you were saying, like once you're in VR, Immersed also has a whiteboard. Sorry. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Of course, I'm just like uh, talking about the other yeah. apps. Um, but, but as you were saying, once you're in the context of being in VR, and like you don't have to set it up because you're already. Yeah, you're already using you're the headset. You're already there, yeah. Exactly. Then it's way easier just to like keep on going. And I think that's like a very important thing that more companies should focus on. Um, um, this actually leads me to my last question, which you kind of already mentioned, uh, which is uh, the future of work in the metaverse. And uh, I just want to ask you, what do you think are the next innovations that we're waiting for here that are going to be like the next big step for that? Like, of course, we have completely new types of headsets coming out to the market that might be that, uh, such as the Vive Flow that we just mentioned before. And what what do you think will be the next step here? Yeah, so um, the future of work for a lot of people is definitely going to be in the metaverse, whether that's virtual reality or mixed reality. Um, we're going to be interacting with people and collaborating from a distance because we have a lot of that technology now. And COVID actually did a really great job kind of duct taping us to a rocket ship and, and just sending sending us, you know, 10, 20 years into the future where <laughs> well um, we maybe, maybe, you know, some things were more ready than others, but you know, we're going and... Um, so I definitely think the future of work for a lot of people is going to be still virtual and, uh, decentralized. And I think that's actually really good for humanity because if, you know, rather than piling up in these major cities and the cost of living going up, 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 we can comfortably stay where we, uh, stay where we are or go where we want to. And be able to take that, um, take our jobs with us. So I think that's a really um, big promise. But in addition to that, yeah, you mentioned uh, new headset hardware coming out. I feel like one of the biggest struggles with Immerse, as well as some of these other apps right now, is there are some people who don't want to uh, always have those blinders on, where you want to be able to see out into the real world and then decide to jump into the virtual. And so um, I really see uh, the convergence of virtual reality and mixed reality 
in the form of hardware. So devices that are able to kind of operate as one or the other um, at any time as another uh, stepping stone for uh, the future of work where I could be sitting in my living room and then just teleport Dan in for uh, this podcast as opposed to having to be on Discord or or something. And maybe we're a few years off from that. But um, there's a lot of technology that is evolving to support these exact use cases. Um, in addition to that, you know, the, like mixed reality and virtual reality converging, I definitely think that um, form factor is going to be a huge part of mass adoption of this technology. So right now... Um, the virtual reality headsets on the market either look like they came off an alien spaceship or um, look like uh, a toy. And I feel like we need to have a happy in-between where people feel like they could see themselves using this in a public space or uh, in their home office. And a lot of that is form factor where um, Immerse definitely sees the future of uh, work being just putting on a pair of glasses to go into the office. Um, and it doesn't mean it's a replacement for that person-to-person uh, -person interaction that you get when you're actually in the office. Um, I actually just got back from a trip to Austin where our team is based out of. And, and that was awesome, being able to meet everyone for the first time and hug and, and handshake and, and say hello. But um, I, I can say for a fact that meeting in Immerse so often actually made that physical interaction seem a little less weird for the first mm -hmm. time, where it's like we've, we've like virtually high-fived before and like sat next to each other and, and shared experiences. And I feel like that is a, that is a really big part of... Um, working where you need you need that sense of uh community and so um i feel like there even before covid there were so many people working remotely that never got to meet their teams and yeah. i feel like virtual reality mixed reality can help break down those physical barriers where i can feel like i'm still part of the team even though i'm not there physically and maybe we're a little bit uh, farther away from being able to just jump into a mirrored version of the physical office so that way we're all in the same space all the time, even though I'm in my house and you're uh, where you are. But it's, uh, it's going it's gonna to be here before we know it, and then um, it will become the reality for a lot of people. But we, we have a ways to go, and I think hardware is definitely a really big part of that, uh, part of that. Um, people have been building virtual worlds for a very long time. So now we're just kind of taking the next step and trying to converge our, our physical world and the virtual and, and make it as seamless as possible to go between the two. Okay. I think that's really well, uh, really well summarized as well. Uh, so Ryan, thanks so much for the interview. Uh, I wish we could talk and talk because I have so many other questions I would like to ask you. 
but before we just close off, is there anything else that we'd like to mention or uh, recommend to our listeners? Yeah, um, just just a couple things. So uh, definitely go out if you have a Quest Two or a Vive Focus Three, um, or or I guess a Quest One. Go and download Immersed. It's free. Um, we're always looking for users and feedback. We're extremely active on Discord, um, and and we have great uh, user support. So if you have any questions of how to get started or anything like that, you can hit us up there. Um, it's our website is www.immerse.com, so pretty easy to pretty easy to remember. Also, um, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not that familiar with Ready Player Me, uh, go and check them out too because uh, that <laughs> that's like such an awesome tool, and and we're so grateful to be able to be partnered with them and have their avatars in our app. Um, it's just such a great bridge. Uh, between different VR experiences, uh, since you know your avatar is 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 you, and you want to be able to take that where you go, um, you can hit me up at uh, Rai Rai Cutie Pie on all socials. That's R Y R Y Q T P I. Um, I'm extremely active on LinkedIn and Twitter, so if you want to connect, uh, if you have any questions, feel free to hit me up, and. Um, yeah, super excited to hopefully connect with some of you and and uh, enjoy the metaverse. Perfect, for sure. Uh, I will link all those things in the description. Uh, so if you didn't get any of the spelling, like it will be just down below. That's it for this episode of Ready for the Metaverse. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe to the show in your podcast app. If you're looking for the show notes, head over to blog.readyplayer.me, where you can also learn more about the Ready Player Me after platform. Until the next one.